Welcome to KC Corner, episode 27. And did you do your homework from last week? Uh, I did do my homework. <laughs> was my homework uh, with uh, reading the book? Is that it, no, that's your homework. Yes, yeah, I did yeah, do yeah. homework, Brooks. Thank you. <laughs> I'm the kid in the class that reminds the teacher. Oh, uh, that's really right nice. Right at the end of class. <laughs> and I'm the kid. I really had this thought like, uh-oh, did my dog eat my homework this time? You know? <laughs> what excuse do I have to come up with exactly. this time? <laughs> do you know, I think I actually did say one time to my teacher the dog ate my homework. I mean, when you're like me, you have to use every excuse. And she's like... Seriously? Ours was, uh, we left it in the printer. So we remembered to print it. We just didn't grab it out uh, of the tray. So I then gotcha. please let yeah, us yeah, yeah, turn yeah, it in yeah. later. <laughs> I gotcha. Oh, man. Great, great excuses back then. Yeah. Well, we didn't even know what a printer was back when it was. We were ta- we were turning in the tablet, you know? The yeah, little, yeah, exactly. You were just <laughs> add stuff on there. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, good morning, Brooks. Good morning. Back to our uh, early mornings. Early morning. What in the world? We should hear the birds chirping. So uh, we usually do this Wednesday. It's Thursday morning. So those of you who are waiting with bated breath for our Mm -hmm. newest episode, uh, I'm sorry for the wait. Uh, The wait is over. It's over. It's coming. We're we're, we're uploading it today. That's awesome. (laughs) Awesome. So going back to uh, summertime songs this past week. How did you feel you did? <laughs> what a setup for that, you know? I mean, my goodness. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Brooks, because this this week, um, like probably like a lot of weeks, but I was so excited about the sermon. And then about Saturday night, I just felt like, oh my, I don't have a handle on it. I remember uh, spending some time with my family around the table, kind of preaching the sermon to them, saying, here's all the things I want to say. And there were a few things in the sermon where, you know, David, uh, he says, you know, I will, I will uh, praise the Lord before the gods. You know, there's some, some, there's a couple of things in there, and it also says that um, that God has elevated His word above His name, or different translations say He's elevated above all things His word and name. So there are a few things that were a little bit problematic, but the bottom line was is is that David just knew that God would fulfill His purpose in David's life, mm-hmm. and. There is such joy in that for me. And, you know, David had to, his, his life inc- included, you know, tending to sheep and uh, not a very big life at times to the king of, of, of Israel and God's people and fighting Goliath. And there was a lot there. And just the realization that God fulfills his purpose for us. Now, there's a, there's a beauty in that, Brooks, that we know when it comes to like salvation, that the good work that God has started in us, he will complete. We, mm-hmm. We're not going to lose this great salvation. There's times that it may feel cold in our hearts. There's times that we might feel a little bit dead. But if we are truly his and he's truly saved us, his grip is never going to let us go. So there's a joy in that. It's, it's kind of like when... Paul uh, would say, you know, he who began a good work in me is going to be faithful to complete it um, in Philippians 1, 6. But I also, it was, I sit in this chair and I long for all that God has for me. It's, I, I get stuck sometimes or I get, I get kind of inward looking that, you know, oh, how do I get better? And it was really just a joy to remind me that God's hand of providence and remind all of us that God is going to work out his plan for us. Mm-hmm. And there's this really great joy in that. So that's what I hope to say of, of that that reason to sing. Um, it's not up to us to make the story end well. It's mm-hmm. not up to us uh, to accomplish all that we have to accomplish. I mean, I think we should obviously work hard for the glory of our great God and the good of our neighbor. But God is not only the ultimate storyteller, it's his story. Mm-hmm. And it's his story of redemption 
in the world and redemption in our lives. And he just is going to finish the story. Mm -hmm. And I like what you said, and you've mentioned it a few times of his character being high and holy and meek and uh, meek and lowly. Yeah. And, you know, when you think of someone high and mighty like that, you think very prideful, boastful, everything, but also <clears throat> him being meek and lowly and can relate to us is, you know, it feels great. Well, you know, in our society, and I think of what you do with baseball cloud and, you know, the baseball industry and those who rise to the top, those who are high and quote unquote holy in the baseball <laughs> community oftentimes aren't meek and lowly. They're not accessible. You mm -hmm. know, they're, there's there's a chip on their shoulder. Not everybody. I mean, there's there's the yeah. great athletes that that aren't that aren't like that. But the fact that he is the Almighty One and yet the All Accessible One in Emmanuel, that's a great combination. Yep, yep. I that's was actually really listening to not to get too far off topic, but baseball podcast this morning about how student managers and analysts try and help their head coaches. And really it's up to the coaches, whether they want to listen to them and put them in a good position and not because they're 18, 19, 20 year olds yeah. trying to give the head coach. You may have, <clears throat> excuse me, 300 or 400 collegiate wins. Like yeah. they have to maybe put their ego aside to listen to them and understand. Yeah. And it, it, and it might be a new matrix. I, I think right. I cut you off. I'm sorry. No, it, it might be a, uh, you know, a new way of evaluating things. Yep. And you know, when there's something new comes down the pike, it's intimidating for, for older guys. Guys, it's mm -hmm. kind of think of uh, the generation before me, even of like with the iPhones. It's, mm -hmm. it's like oh, I don't want that because it's kind of intimidating <laughs> yeah. to have you know something new and, and something uh, different. But yeah, but the God who knows all things, the God who's created all things, is the God who's so tender to us mm -hmm. as well. So he still wants awesome. to know about us. For sure. It's incredible. <laughs> it's such good news. So what do we have to look forward to this week? How many more weeks do we have in your uh, sermon series? Oh, Brooks, it's too early to remember. <laughs> <laughs> I think I have four more, three, four more. So it's a, it's a, I'm looking forward to it. This week is Psalm 145. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's, again, it's a, it's a Psalm of David who's going to uh, uh, just say, just sing God's praises. And the bottom line is because God is merciful to us. Mm -hmm. And so... And what I love about it is David's going to sing God's praises because God is great. I mean, it's one of the first things you learn. You know, I think of that prayer you learn before meals, or at least I did. God is good. God is great. Let him thank us. Let us thank him for this food. <laughs> Amen. I mean, just listen. He's good. He's great. And he is. But there's more than he's good and he's great. That God's merciful. And mm -hmm. as he reveals himself to the heroes of the faith that have gone before us, like uh, Moses or Abraham uh, or even David, they they needed a merciful God. They needed a great God. You know, David needed a great God when he fought Goliath. Mm -hmm. You know, I come to you in the name of, of the God of heaven and earth, you know. Yeah. And uh, he needed a strong God. He needed a strong God. Um, but when he messed up, he needed a merciful God. Mm -hmm. And um, a really amazingly merciful God. And when Moses, um, in the book of Exodus, Exodus 34, when Moses gets real close to God and he asks to see more of God's glory, what God tells him and what God shows him, kind of, hey, Moses, you can't see all of it because you're going to die if you do. <laughs> it's just too amazingly glorious. But what he says to Moses is that he is merciful mm -hmm. um, and that, you know, he is uh, abounding in mercy and he's slow to anger. And uh, um, I, I love that. It's how God wants to reveal himself to us is like, yeah, I'm big and powerful. Mm -hmm. But man, there's there's mercy there, and mm -hmm. so there's where we hope to marinate this Sunday is, um, and oftentimes in Scripture we we hear other people's songs, you know, it's like we're gonna sing sing this psalm and or preach this psalm, 
and it's we'll see it certainly hopefully through the original uh, author david's eyes but boy it when we can personalize it when mm-hmm. he's been person when he's he's been merciful to me you know and that's when the I think, and I really feel like in this psalm, it will say, you know, pass this on to future generations. This song needs to be sung by us. You know, this is our, this is our time. Um, and uh, it's like at each generation, music has changed over the years and they kind of make it their own. Uh, it's still music. The story will never change. God is strong. He's mighty. He's merciful. Jesus is the savior. But this is our time to sing it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I hope to say. I feel like that's been a theme recently too of, through the pandemic and some racial issues in our country of we need an all-powerful and all-merciful God to kind of save us. Uh, We can't do it ourselves. And it's so true. And, you know, on the other side of that, Brooks, is that we need to be God's people actively engaged. And that's Mm -hmm. where I am finding myself right now is how do we we not just be spectators to this? Um, What what voice does God want us to lend into this? and maybe more than just a voice, you know, what does he want us to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a hard thing. And just a, a, this is just a confession of a pastor of that, you know, we um, so much want to make sure that we're preaching um, truth with great clarity. But, you know, it, it's it's what's the fruit of that look like? And, you know, you don't want to just focus on the fruit where it becomes a works righteousness. Mm-hmm. But Christians, what, what what's... Not only what's our song in the midst of this, you know, what's our stance? Yeah, and I feel like there's been two kind of sides to that right now of, you know, rising up and we can do it as citizens and as humans and everything. Or what you just said, like, this problem is too big. We can't solve it, so we're going to do nothing. There's definitely a happy medium of asking, like, how can we help in our, you know, community, our way? It's it's so true. And, you know, Brooks, it's it's like you started that this little talk with by saying... um, you know, hey, you know, it's too big for us. God can do it. But God does do it, but mm-hmm. he uses us as his ambassadors, right. as mm-hmm. his uh, vehicle. Or, you mm-hmm. know, it's what, what what a privilege. And it could easily be like, hey, God's got this. I don't have to worry yeah, about he it. he snaps his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, and I think there's a sense where God does have this. Let's not fear. But, okay, God, what, what do you want me to do in the midst of this? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So now, going on to our homework assignment. Yay! Chapter one of The Prodigal God by Tim Keller. I knew you were, I know you were really excited to read this book and share it with everyone. Well, I love the fact that as soon as you read it, you got it pretty quick and you sent me a, a text saying how much you enjoyed the first section. And although te- you're tempted to read ahead, you haven't. Have you read ahead? Have you I have said- not read ahead. I'm, I'm going to, because I don't want to, you know, I want to keep it fresh in the mind for nice. this week. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I almost want to start with you. I mean, so what, what, what did you think uh, about this? Obviously it stood out, you know, um, how the Pharisees just hated that Jesus was hanging around the people that he's with. You know, the tax collectors and the sinners, what yeah. they called them. And, um, you know, I think, and it's even said today, it's people in the church get mad at that um, and find it uncomfortable and don't want them to come to church. Like, in theory, they do and want to spread the word. But if they were to actually see them, you know, um, in the pews, they wouldn't it's sit next so to true. them, wouldn't talk yeah. to them, things like that. So that was definitely really interesting. And, and you know, to me, it's I, I love the fact that Keller will say, and I think rightly, about Luke 15 and the prodigal sons, the mm-hmm. prodigal God mm-hmm. story, is that uh, that it contains the essential message, Christian message of the gospel. That right. the gospel is so clear. Yet, Brooks, I really do believe that most people will read that 
of just having one lost son. They'll mm-hmm. read the story and they don't have the right lens. I mean, it's it's a uh, what I believe that Keller um, has done. And again, he he looks back to a guy named Edmund Clowney, who was amazing um, and others that helped him understand this. And again, it's ultimately God's word. And uh, but that there's there's really a bigger story than just that one reckless son mm-hmm. um and that that's an amazing shift i mean if we can see that that's what kind of blew my mind the first time i read it is saying hey this he's really talking to the pharisees he's mm-hmm. really talking to the pharisees and the teachers of the law those are the ones that were in the audience you know and the the ones that were he calls them the older brothers mm-hmm. and uh the ones that uh, were kind of embracing him, the sinners and the tax collectors. Those were kind of the younger brothers, you know, um, that that these religious people were so looking down at. Um, and but to focus that, he says, you know, there's there's really there's two ways to be alienated from God, and I, I love that reality. This is going to show us two ways that you can be both uh, religious and alienated from God, mm-hmm. and you can be irreligious. And alienated from God. And most people think, seriously, mm-hmm. you can be religious and alienated from God. And, you know, the, some of the most religious people in the world are so far from the true living God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and their their own righteousness or their own, their own, you know, religion is not driving them to the heart of who God is. And so to me, that's amazing. And I love how he unpacks what the really word... Uh, uh, prodigal is and that he will say this is God's reckless grace and I love you know just think of reckless <laughs> grace isn't that a great phrase just forgiving everyone anyone yeah. and everyone exactly you're forgiven, you're forgiven. exactly <laughs> you know and how okay you're a tax collector come you know I'm, I'm gonna make you a disciple you know <laughs> Matthew or whatever and yep. it's and if it wasn't for God's reckless grace um, it would be it would be hopeless for us. Mm-hmm. He needs to have reckless grace. And, you know, but reckless with purpose. It, it always has a purpose to it. It's not just reckless and frivolous. It's it's reckless and spends everything it can to save us. So I, I think that that's fantastic. Yeah, and right at the end of the chapter, it was a quote that said, the church today doesn't attract the non-believers or the free spirits like Jesus did. I really like the term like free spirits because I think yeah. that kind of talks about my generation of weird 20-ish year olds <laughs> um, that maybe adults don't find just weird and doing TikTok and everything. Right. But I thought that was a really good saying and like Jesus was, you know, the perfect pastor, the perfect priest, the perfect church of he attracted everyone. He attracted these non-believers and tax collectors and they liked being around him even though that he represented, you know, Christianity, which he, people he, didn't necessarily like. That section to me was not only so good, it was so challenging mm-hmm. because, you know, how is how is the church doing? You know, are, are we attracting uh, the tax collectors and the sinners? Mm-hmm. And if not, why aren't we? And, you know, it's, it's interesting in today's church culture that those people, the churches that usually attract them, a lot of the... Orthodox churches will look at those churches and say, okay, what are they compromising mm-hmm. to get them there? What truth aren't they really telling? Because if they were doing it right, they wouldn't come. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just think of that Jesus's ministry. That's wrong. If we are doing it right, they will come. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a place that they were loved and they were embraced, 
But throughout scripture, when Jesus meets like that woman that was brought to him caught in adultery in John chapter eight, you know, uh, and although he'll say, hey, throw a stone, those of you who haven't sinned, throw the first stone. Um, but at the end of the story, he'll say, go and sin no more. He, mm-hmm. he really, he cares. He doesn't want a, 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 a sinner to remain in a, in a continuous rebellious sinful lifestyle because that's not the best for us and so but there was a winsomeness to the gospel oh there was a winsomeness to jesus that people even young children think of the fair the uh the disciples chasing away the young children and jesus says i don't know this to them belongs the kingdom of god and mm-hmm. you know we talked about as the start of this the access of one who is so meek and lowly yeah. and and i think that really came across. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, that was challenging, Brooks. You know, how are we doing at King's Chapel? Are we a place that's safe for anybody to walk in the door? Mm-hmm. You know, are we are we going to recognize that we're all sinners just saved by God's reckless grace mm-hmm. and not judge the, the, the ones next to us or the one who comes? So, yeah, that was, that was really good. Yeah, and I know you preach that of, you know, the come as you are, and you've said the you want to preach at a ross dress for less church yeah uh that amazing quote of you know anyone and everyone you want to come to your church and preach to yeah you know and i probably need to unpack that you know a ross dress for less is i i was asked a long time ago uh you know what kind of church did i like to pastor and i told him i want to pastor a ross dress for less church and i got these looks like what in the world is that (laughs) what are you you talking about And I said, it's a place I go to where I I see, I think, a cross-section of society I don't see anywhere else. I see what people look like they have money and people look like they don't. You know, black, white, you know, uh, Asians. I mean, they all seem to be there, you know, and it's that's going to be trying to get a good deal. Exactly. There are some good deals. (laughs) Great deals. Exactly. So, um, hey, listen, if you have anything to do with Ross, you want to send me a gift card for shout out. That is fine. (laughs) Free advertising. Exactly. Of, of all, you know, the hundreds that are listening right now. Um, but anyway, um, and I think that that's always been a desire of mine. Because when you read the end of the story in Revelation, those who are gathered, uh, those who will be with our great God, is, are those of every tribe, tongue, nation, people, uh, language. I mean, just it's like it's like they're all there, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, uh, I love that. And that's yep. going to be ultimately the church. Yep. So. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap for this week. Uh, Any updates as far as King's Chapel that you want to put out there or anything? The only thing I'd love to say is uh, that we are a week from Sunday. We're going to have kind of a missions emphasis. I'm going to be preaching through Psalm 67. So I'm real excited. We're going to bring some dear friends of ours, some missionaries that are uh, their Their mission work is in Romania, but they're here stateside right now. And uh, um, I've known them for years. I've seen their ministry in Romania. And they're going to be here, uh, the Ebers is their last name, So mm-hmm. uh, on the 9th of August. So gotcha. I'm real excited about that. And maybe even during our KC uh, Corner, the week they're here, we can have oh, a yeah. little, Let's get another guest in here. A little guest appearance. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Sounds so. good to me. And we'll see you guys this Sunday. All right. Blessings, everybody. Thanks for listening. Always room in the corner for you.